Brad is easily our hottest guest yet. Probably, honestly. Absolutely not. <laughs> Super true. I mean, at least legally distinct. Well, like, not legally, but like from a from an actual perspective, <laughs> we can't call any of our guests. He's hot. not. He's not related uh, to either of us. Right. Exactly. So he can. He can easily be the hottest one. <laughs> I was gonna say. How yeah. would you had your dad? It's been only siblings and, and parents. We've had <laughs> Kennedy, my sister Alyssa, and Chris. So we can easily say you're the hottest guest. Oh my god. Anyway. Listeners, I, we look, have a new guest. It's it's, it's super exciting, and, and they're not yeah, related to us. It is exciting, and they're not related to us, and it's Brad. Although, you know, I mean, we might as well be related at this point. We might as well be. It's been long enough. That's fair. All right, don't be mad. Don't be mad. Why would we don't be, be mad? mad. Don't, or is that just for Brad? No, it's for all of you. Just don't. Okay. Why, are you about to do something? I'm confused. <laughs> no, what? Me do something? I'm actually genuinely confused right now. No. Oh, you haven't written the fucking <laughs> intro, Chase? Are you kidding me? Oh, my dingleberry, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? You've had so much time. You I were know, literally just, sitting know, with us I in know, the fucking I VC totally while we were playing I didn't video even think games. about it. I didn't I'm even so sorry about this, Brad. About I know it. that he's one of your best friends, but I apologize for his behavior right now. Very unprofessional. It's okay. We, oh, my God. We all know what Chase brings so to the table dumb. and how he acts. That's true. I cannot <laughs> so believe you haven't written dumb. a fucking intro. That's insanity. Oh, fuck. Uh... Hey, everybody. Welcome to Back to the Pilot. I'm Chase. And I'm Chloe. And in this episode, we're joined by a special guest to talk mundane comedies with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Curb Your Enthusiasm. So let's keep it casual as we take you back to the pilot. Yeah, you could tell that you wrote that just now. Yeah, I know. Look, it's not, it's, it's, it's okay, <laughs> okay? It's not the best, it's not my best work. Listen, you put, listen. It's always sunny too? Like, I, I'm confused. It's, yeah, that's I my show. Doing... That's my oh, show. We do oh, two You're doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. Gotcha. I'm doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Gotcha. Did you... You've By the way, listener, this, this is Brad. Before, right? This is our special guest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were supposed to. You were supposed to wait for me you to know. introduce you, but then you just sort of came in out of nowhere. <laughs> I couldn't help it. That's I fine. <laughs> chaos is necessary. <laughs> I had to. I'm concerned now that he the, didn't watch the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Oh, I love "It's Always well. Sunny." I just don't remember the pilot off the top of my head. It's fine. You'll figure it out. I mean, I love. You'll it's figure it out. Did you want to do a, a, a an actual intro for yourself, Brad? No, I'm way That we can cut into the between or this is good. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brad. Join joining in randomly and now they just know that. Honestly, you know, that fits with that fits with the vibe. Yeah. Um, do you want to say a few things about yourself? No, I got nothing. What do you want the listeners to know about you? Um keeping in mind that most of our listeners are people you probably know or have met before. I would say that favorite shows i feel like curb is at the almost tippy top of it i love curb your enthusiasm um i think it really just speaks so much about like the kind of comedy that no one is like willing to do sometimes um so i feel like that i feel like curb your enthusiasm um love Oh my god! Why I can't really think of any shows now off the top. Anything of my head. about you, but right? About other me? Than, other than your favorite shows, anything about? <laughs> I mean, me? all I I'm having this camera on, pilot, but I can so. see your eyes just go it wide open. Like about I can wide see, open. I can feel the sweat. <laughs> um, about me, I'm vegan. Uh, I've been with my girlfriend for over about seven years now. Actually, in April, like in a couple weeks, actually. Deep. 
Yeah, I wish you social security like, number. And <laughs> if you could put your address and social security and number out there. Hobbies, I only work out and I play basketball, and honestly, that takes up pretty much the whole time of my life. And now, nice professional and me and podcaster. Chase watch a lot of stuff. Professional Unpaid podcast, professional guest. podcaster. Mm-hmm. You did. You did know you're not getting paid for this, right? I did not know that, and now I will see you guys next week. All right, great. Thank you. Why does everyone says that? Whenever they find out they're not getting paid, it's like they don't want to be here anymore. It's crazy. What is it about us that makes people only want to spend time with us while they're getting paid? Time is money, coach. Time is money. This is true. Um, Well, Brad, we are super happy and super excited to have you here because honestly, I know I I kind of did have to uh, like beg you to come onto this podcast because you were so ecstatic about us doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I was like, no, like you're so passionate about it. I want you to talk about it. So I'm I'm like super excited to hear everything that you like did your research on. And and I really want to know, you know, everything that you learned because it it really is a very exciting and interesting like show and and a concept like you were saying earlier. Oh, it it really is. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're good. I was gonna say too, like just like lit, because I literally listened to like a little short documentary about this today too, and just like hearing Larry David talk about this was literally like just trying to like fully conceive exactly what he was talking about and where this idea came from. Like literally, like blew my brain. Like I could not. I think Brad had a straight up orgasm when he was listening. Like I swear to God, that's what I'm getting. I'm getting that getting that vibe from this. I also like that Brad listened to his information because that's what I like to do a lot. Like I read a lot of it, but Chase is like a primary reader and never listens to interviews with the creators. I read interviews, but I don't listen to them. Like I'll read like the the transcripts, but I won't. I just like like that Brad listened to an interview because I also listened to. I just kept putting on different interviews with Larry David today. Um, But. Uh, you know, in order to sort of get into the rhythm, uh, mm-hmm. I will I will start. I'll go and I'll I'll do my show. It's always sunny okay. in Philadelphia, uh, and then you'll be able to follow with your show. Cool. Um, so that way, uh, we you can sort of get an idea of uh, how exactly we'll go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so first things first. Uh, why don't you guys tell me what you know, uh, if anything, about Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I know you've already mentioned. You've both watched so. Yeah, uh, for me, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, for me, I I don't really actually know a whole lot other than Rob McElhenney. Like I I've listened to some stuff with Charlie Day, and like I know like he's a creator, and Rob McElhenney's a creator. I've learned more from about Rob McElhenney being a creator because of Wrexham. Yeah, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. the Welcome yeah. to Wrexham show. Yeah. So like I other than that though, like I actually haven't watched all of it. I've watched a lot of the uh like Christmas episodes and stuff of mm-hmm. It's Always Sunny because mm-hmm. those are fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But uh I had never seen the pilot and it was it was fucking funny. But that that's all I got on it. Nice. Brad. I mean, yeah, just I mean it's again like the show is literally just like humor that like I feel like few shows would ever dare tread into. Like, they literally use some deep, dark, fucked up humor that's just, like, so good, yet I mean, so the... terrifying at the same time. It the really very is. It's... first episode has the <laughs> N-word in it. Yeah, exactly. Just straight up. Just straight up hard R N-word. Hard R N-word. Blind. It's insane. No censorship. The only thing I don't like about the pilot and everything, like, compared to now what you see with It's Always Sunny, is that Danny DeVito is not in the first season. Like, I know he comes in later on, you know, but, like, Danny DeVito helps round out that show so well. Just of A, because, like, he just takes on exactly how he is. Like, he's this short, awkward-looking motherfucker that just 
makes everything so much more comical. And it's just sad that he can't be in the first season, but I mean, it's still great. It really is. It really is. Well, you know, I mean, there's, I, I wouldn't say there's a reason that he's not in the first season, but there's a reason that he was added to the second season. Um, but yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get into that. I mean, for what it's worth, I, I've seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've never really watched it like religiously by any means, like gone through and, and watched a, a ton of episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I knew a lot of stuff that you guys knew and a lot less of it as well. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Um, and I, you know, I was surprised when I first watched it that it had nothing to do with the weather. I thought maybe that it would have something to do with the weather, but <laughs> no, nothing about the sun. Or really about Philadelphia, uh, <laughs> um, but yep. and, yeah, I'll I'll get into it. Um, so, the uh, title of the pilot episode is "The Gang Gets Racist," <laughs> and it originally aired on August fourth, two thousand five, on FX. Uh, and if you want to go watch it, you can go watch it with subscription to Hulu, uh, and it's available for purchase. And those are the only places. Uh, I did notice, however, that it is one dollar cheaper on Apple TV <laughs> than it is. Uh, on most other platforms. Good to know. So Interesting. If you are planning to buy it and you would Do rather Apple use TV. Apple, it's 99 cents there, 199 everywhere else uh, for the episode, not for the entire show. That would be insane. <laughs> that would be insane. They'd be losing a lot of money on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the synopsis for the show is five friends with big egos and small brains are the proprietors of an Irish pub in Philadelphia. And for the episode, is the guys hire D's friend as a promoter for the bar and get more than they bargained for. Charlie seeks black friends to prove he isn't racist. Uh, (laughs) um, And then uh, the creators, now this is a little bit interesting. So the only creator listed on Wikipedia was Rob McElhaney. Um, McElhaney or McElhaney? uh, I've always pronounced it McElhaney, but I've heard it pronounced both ways. Well, it's his fault for having a weird name. Continue. It is. It is his world. So I'm going to say McElhaney, but yeah, if uh, if that's wrong, well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but that's he was the only one listed on um, uh, Wikipedia, and then on IMDb it had Rob McElhaney and Glenn Howerton. Uh, and so Charlie Day wasn't actually listed label. anywhere hmm. as as a creator, but I did write him down because. Just I thought at, I always like, thought he was based off of interviews well, that I've heard with well, him. Well, just looking at like all the research and stuff, he's just as much of a creator as the other two. Like, I don't know why any one of them would be listed more as a creator. Interesting. Um, <laughs> that said, Rob McElhaney probably had the most information on him, like just related really to more than his Charlie life Day in general. Well, more related to his life leading up to oh, okay. uh, Always Sunny, because Charlie Day has a lot post Always Sunny. Yeah. Uh, and, that's fair. But, that's fair. Like Rob McElhaney just had more leading up to it, um, but yeah. So I'll start. I'll start with Rob McElhaney, and then I'll, I'll sort of go down the list as I as I go through it. Uh, but Rob McElhaney was born on April fourteenth, nineteen seventy seven, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, and when he was eight, his parents were divorced when his mother actually came out as a lesbian. Uh, so he and his two younger brothers were primarily raised by their father, although their parents did actually remain fairly close after the vo- divorce, which is always nice to hear. Uh, and, and something interesting that I saw about that was that both of his brothers are actually gay, and he describes himself as always having been part of the gay community. Um, that is fucking uh, hilarious based on the hilarious. pilot episode. Exactly. <laughs> um 
And uh, McElhaney uh, then also gained a half-sister and a stepsister through his father's subsequent marriage. Um, uh, and so while he was, I shouldn't say and so, because that has nothing to do with the next thing. It's just an interesting fact about his life. But <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. he grew up attending St. Joseph's Preparatory School and then went on to attend and graduate from Temple University. Um, uh, it says that he was also temporarily lived on the Fordham University campus with some of his friends, even though he never enrolled in the school, which Love that. sounds like real Rob McElhaney shit to me. Sure. Like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, I, I swear I'll I might enroll. I'm just. I'm living here for a moment just to see, just to see the vibes mm-hmm. um, and just sort of use it as a, it sounds like it's just an excuse for a place, like to have a place to live uh, because it, it used the wording never decided to enroll in the school as though he was considering it at some point, but I think he had never planned on leaving Temple University. So uh, that's just the vibe that I got from it. Uh, he, he did after, I think, I don't know if it would have been after he graduated or while he was in school, but he did land his first or what he thought was going to be his first major acting role in 1997 uh, with a small part in a film called The Devil's Own. But his role was actually cut in uh, <laughs> in the final edit of the oh film. My God. Wait, so did um, he act in it? So, yeah. So it sounded like he was like filmed he fully and acted, acted in and then they and just then his, cut it. And then they, like <laughs> whatever so scene tragic. he was in just got cut out of the final edit. That is so or like tragic. Or wow. Whatever scenes, uh, which it yeah, that, that's tragic. Like, um, it it did say that, that was what it, that was his first major acting role. I didn't see what I assume he'd done like small stuff before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Although following that, he still continued to pursue his career in acting. Uh, he had a number of small roles in movies such as A Civil Action and Wonder Boys, um, and then would go on to have some more substantial roles in the movies Latter Days and The Toll Booth. Um, mm. And this was mostly oh excuse me nice bird <laughs> thank you so uh, and this was mostly while he was uh living in new york city after he graduated but then he decided uh at the age of 25 to move to la uh where he was where he would begin waiting tables and thought that he would have a better chance at getting acting gigs uh while living in la it said that he met glenn howerton through his agent uh, and also met Charlie Day while filming a horror movie in New York City. Huh. Um, so, like, I I don't know exactly how accurate that is. Yeah, because it it's said in a way that's in, in implies that he met them after he moved to L.A. But then other things seem to imply that they moved to L.A. at the same time. Uh, oh, and I so, see what you're saying. Like, there's like a there's like a it, it's it's hard to break down an actual Actually timeline fully, yeah. of like when they all met. But okay. that was the most information I found about how they met was that like he met, he met Glenn Howard in through his agent, which I, it sounds like they had this, they had the same manager at one point during their career. Um, so I don't know if that had something to do with it. Uh, and then I guess Charlie day while he was filming a, a horror movie. Um, Interesting. Uh, however, uh, I'll, I'll get more into the, uh, the actual specifics of it all uh, after I go through Glenn and Charlie. So Glenn Howerton was born on April 13th, 1976. So almost exactly a year older than uh, Rob McElhaney, very similar birthdays. And he was born in Okinawa, Japan. 
uh, to uh, American parents because his father was stationed there as a fighter pilot. Uh, and his family moved around a ton when he was young. It said that he moved from Japan to Arizona, then to New Mexico, then to Suffolk, England, then to Virginia, then to South Korea, then to Alabama. Uh, mm. And it sounded like he attended high school and graduated from high school in Alabama. But uh, prior to that, had lived in a number of different countries and states in the United States. Uh, he graduated from Jefferson Davis High School. Uh, and then went on to attend and graduate from, or no, sorry, he went on to attend Miami-Dade College for two years and then transferred to Juilliard where he graduated with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts wow. uh, and then began his career in 2002 following his graduation starring in That 80s Show. Um, Is that a spinoff of? That 70s Show? Yeah, they tried to make that. that After that like 70s we Show, there was, about that I, we, t- we did we talk did about this when we did our show. episode. Yeah. Because they tried to make it that 80s show, and now they have it that 90s show. And it's terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Really? I've heard Not good terrible. things about it. Like, I've heard, well, I don't, if you I guess like I've like really kitschy comedies, then sure. But it's like, in comparison to the original That 70s Show, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, look, you can't, I feel like it's just trying too hard. Then just, yeah, just don't make it that maybe, you know I mean? maybe they'll do it right when they finally do that 2000s show. <laughs> <laughs> That's just every um, show from the 2000s. <laughs> They were all uh, about high school kids. <laughs> that's that's very true. That's honestly right? so true like, about every show in the 2000s. That's literally oh, so, God. yeah. Uh, oh, anyways, uh, so he began his career with a starring role in that 80s show, and then he also had some small roles in a couple movies uh, before he went before he met Rob McElhaney and Charlie Day. Um, and then for Charlie Day, who had like little information prior to, or like a sort of about the early parts of his life, but he was born February 9th, 1976 in New York City, born in the Bronx, but spent most of his childhood in Middletown, Rhode Island, and then uh, graduated from Portsmouth Abbey School, which was also in Rhode Island, uh, and then went on to attend and graduate from Merrimack College. Uh, and after graduating, he worked primarily in small television roles and ads and supplemented his income by waiting tables and answering phones for a telethon. Hmm. Huh. Good um, for him. So, yeah, which, you know. You don't hear a lot, a lot about people who answered phones for telethons because there weren't a lot of telethons. No, <laughs> no they, they, they're con, they're a popular trope, I think, among like movies and television shows like that oh, take place sure. yeah. in those time periods. But I feel like there weren't actually that many, right? Yeah, no. Maybe there were, but I don't know. My Especially favorite is not when they when like he had would telethons. Yeah, no, definitely not at that at that time. But like in the early years of telethons, where it's like all of a sudden it's like five a.m. and they're still getting calls, and you're like, "What yeah. fucking people are up at five a.m. watching this?" Well, it's Charlie Day answering the calls, so yep. somebody must have been calling. Somebody's calling. Um, so here's here's the part where I'm like, I don't know under I don't know why Charlie Day isn't considered a, a creator. creator in like IMDb or Wikipedia. And they should change that as soon as they get the opportunity because Charlie day was part of the, uh, Williamstown theater festival when he was in college. Uh, and the Williamstown theater festival had a bunch of, uh, he was, he was part of it with a bunch of people that would go on to become like, uh, professional actors and actresses, uh, in which included people like Jimmy Simpson, Nate Mooney, David Hornsby, Logan Marshall Green, Justin Long, Catherine Hahn. So just like... Oh, we love us some Catherine Hahn. I, we do love Catherine Hahn. I love Justin Long as well. Oh, yeah. Justin Long is um, great. 
but like so so one of the things that that almost directly leads to the creation of it's always sunny is that Charlie Day while living with Jimmy Simpson and then along with Mooney Hornsby and Marshall Green uh, would make like short comedic home movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when he moved to LA and, uh, and met McElhaney and Howerton, he was inspired to like sort of continue that hobby with them. And so that is something that they would do together as friends. They would film these home movies, these home comedies uh, in their, in their respective apartments in Los Angeles. Uh, and so, and at the time, uh, McElhaney was in, was like, you know, struggling to find any acting roles. So he had been writing screenplays and, and was like, well, let's, let's just shoot my screenplays or like, like, let's, let's, let's like write our own stuff and act in our own stuff. Cause we're not getting our own act. Like we're not getting acting roles in other things. Right. So sure. he decided to shoot them himself with the other two. And in one particular short film conceived by McElhaney, uh, a guy goes over to a friend's house to get some sugar and the friend tells the guy that he has cancer and all the guy can think about is getting his sugar and getting out of there. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> like, so like, like, and so like that was the comedy. That bit is sort of what he was like, what if we just created a show about where like, you know, it's about like this sort of, there's this dark undertone to it, but the comedy is just that the guy who's listening doesn't care as much as that. Right. Like he doesn't have the moral like code to like really care. He's like, I just came over here for some sugar and now you're putting your whole life story on me. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so that's sort of where the real idea behind the series began. So they began filming a TV pilot, uh, which was shot on a camcorder uh, and took and like shot in the, the three different apartments of theirs. Um, and apparently there's a rumor that the pilot was filmed for a cost of $200, but Charlie Day has gone on interviews saying that uh, it was nothing. They didn't pay anything. They already had the cameras and like the places where they were going to film. Like, it's not like they spent any additional money. So he's like, I don't know where the $200 came from, but it was nothing. We filmed the pilot but for nothing. literally paid nothing. <laughs> nice. Uh, the pilot was then shopped to multiple studios where their pitch was literally just showing them the DVD of the pilot. It's like showing I mean, yeah, the DVD it. of the pilot. And then FX liked the pilot so much that they ordered a first season which with a budget of 450 grand per episode. Wow. Which wow. sounds like a lot more than $200. Um, <laughs> sure does. Or nothing. Or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the uh, this pilot, which was originally going to be a show about three struggling actors in L.A., um, but FX executives were like, well, there's too many shows that are exactly like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So we don't want to quite do that. So McElhaney was like, well, let's just, let's, let's place it in Philly. I'm from Philly. I know, I kind of know it. It's my hometown. And he's like, and let's make about a bar. So it's like the, like the, the, like the group of people still has like, like there's a general reason that they have the free time as well as the income to mm-hmm. do the random things that they're talking about. Right. So it's like, it's less a sh- like, you don't want the show to have that sort of, I, I guess it wasn't a lack of realism, but just like the, you know, you don't want to sort of friends. break that, that immersion. Yeah. Like, let's be realistic. Friends yeah, has yeah, zero friends. realism in like yeah. how they have as much free time as they have and like yes. afford to live in New York and under the circumstances. In they apartments. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, so they reworked the show and made it about a bar in Philly and the and the bar owners, which is you know like like you said, it it sort of gets around that where it's like now they have a reason to be at a a specific place during the middle of the day, uh, no no customers or jobs to do during the middle of the day, and a relative income to like survive off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and and that's sort of it about the creation of the show. It's like there's the their biggest obstacles were i don't know only having the three of them to shoot the pilot episode with yeah like it's 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 insane it's kind of just a a weird little um like it's such a weird and interesting creation it's it's so it's so just boys being boys like like oh that's just boys being boys being boys right there just guys being dudes yeah. Um, Do you know how uh, how Caitlin Olson got involved? Uh, yeah, actually. So, well, I don't know exactly how she got involved, but I do know that um, like that she was original. That she was the Sweet D character was originally played by a girl named Jordan Reed, who was McElhaney's girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time. Um, oh, that's ironic. But then yeah, they right. broke up. They're married now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, so McElhaney and Jordan broke up, and so she had to be recast for the for the pilot episode. Mm. <laughs> um, that's funny. Which was, which is actually, and then like you said, it's ironic because that's Macalini's wife now. Wife, yeah. the girl who played Sweet D later. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Um. So yeah, it was. Uh. It's. It's interest. It has such an interesting background because, and like I said, there's no part of that that tells me that Charlie Day isn't just as much of a creator as. Uh, Howerton or McElhaney, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like if anything, I feel like he's like what inspired them to actually do it, right? It's like, like all of them were obviously involved, but like, like he was the one that sort of had this hobby of filming home movies. And that's not to say that they didn't, but there was just very, very much a part of Charlie's background and mm-hmm. not as much a part of theirs. So I just assumed that that's how it went. Yeah, I mean, it takes one person to be like, yeah, why don't we just fucking shoot this together? Exactly. Egg salad. Egg salad, bro. Now, <laughs> I, look, I I couldn't find a ton about the actual first, like, episode, but I found a little bit about the first season and how it was received. Uh, the first season on, like, Metacritic has a, has a score of 64, which is considered positive, but it's somewhat mediocre when you consider the scale goes mm-hmm. from 0 to 100. Um, but the most important thing is that hey, I found C's some degrees, good. Maybe actually, C's are in the seventies. Damn, that's it. yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say that's a damn. Never mind. Uh, although, if you think about the scale from zero to one hundred, really fifty should be an F or I mean a C, right? Like, yeah, we don't need to break this down. This sounds like an like unnecessary that's a more that, yeah. That, you're right. That's this is an well unnecessary tangents are for a different podcast, which is also yeah, called for the Back other podcast and also run by us. But <clears throat> I do like critics. And it's so much fun to read critic comments, but uh, I found a couple good ones and one that was interesting, but um, uh, these were what uh, the people had to say. Uh, Tim Goodman from San Francisco Chronicle said, laden with out loud, laugh out loud moments, just as Curb Your Enthusiasm so boldly and brilliantly attacks taboo subjects, so does It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, though the humor is spread from one clueless self-centered ass to four clueless self-centered slackers. Uh, wow, so I thought that was very interesting because cool, they compared it, it to Curb Your really Enthusiasm. It. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Jonathan Storm from the Philadelphia Inquirer said, the laughs, as they should, come fast and hard from the characters, somehow likable in their social ineptitude. But if you can't see the sim- the situations as absurd, you might not have a lot of fun. <laughs> That's nice. fair. That's um, fair. <laughs> uh, and then uh, some bitch named Jillian Flynn from Entertainment Weekly said, it is smug enough to think it's breaking ground, but not smart enough to know it isn't. Wow, Jillian Rude. Flynn, why don't you go Rude. fuck off? <laughs> and, you, know, you know what? You know what they said to her? They said, you know what? How about we run for 15 seasons? Yep. Uh, so that's where, the, that's where the show has gone. Uh, the show has run for 15 seasons, and with a total of 162 episodes that span more than 15 years, the show is one of the most successful of its time. Uh, and the show yeah, has I mean, won even... a number of awards, including People's Choice Favorite Cable TV Comedy Award in 2016. And then obviously it's been nominated for a ton more. Uh, and even though its most recent episode aired all the way back in December 21, uh, the show has not yet ended. Uh, and actually, no, per, I was going to say that. I was, yeah, per a reveal from Danny DeVito, the show began filming its 16th season earlier this year in January of 2023. Oh, that is sick. Uh, and is set to release sometime in the fall. Nice. I was going to say, I didn't know the Danny DeVito like quote, but I remember the smart list I listened to with Charlie Day. They like talked about that. They were like, so is that show done? And he's like, no, it's never really done. It's just our schedules don't mm-hmm. line up. So whenever they do is when we decide to film. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's like, that's such so an amazing funny. way to go about filming a show. Uh, I love literally that. just like, hey, are you guys free so Saturday? Much. Yeah, okay, let's all kind of film maybe. All right, yeah, let's yeah, film an it. episode. Let's yeah. do it. Oh God, I love it. Mm-hmm. I do love it. Oh man, nice. that's it. What that's that's the show. Information. But it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a ton of information, but it was good. It was very interesting to learn about. And like, I mean, the most interesting thing to me was the the girlfriend thing. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you go from casting your future? How do you go from like breaking up with a girl and then casting your future mm-hmm. wife in her spot? Not knowing it at the time, but how does that happen? Like, that's say, insane. It's not like he knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually insane. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I love it. That's, that's nice. It was good. I got nothing else to add to it. You got nothing else to add? No questions, no comments, no queries, no concerns? No, I mean, no, you had a good amount of information. Yeah. The only thing I was going to add was that little bit about Charlie Day saying that he's like, yeah, no, we just nice. film it when we can. Nice. I will say, like, uh, I find it uh, interesting that the one critic was like, if you don't understand that the situations are meant to be outrageous, I know that that's not the words oh, he yeah. actually used, then it might not be your thing. And it's like, yeah, like, if you watch the pilot episode and you think that that's, like, supposed to be realistic, like, real, yeah, you're, you're fucking stupid. Then you're, you're just dumb. And it, <laughs> I didn't even you read the whole quote on that one. There was a p- part that was sort of in the middle that just sort of breaks the sentence apart in a weird way. But oh, it said, gotcha. if you can't see the situations, irreverent barely begins to describe them as absurd. You might not have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that's um, too much. Just, too too it wordy. Just broke up the, yeah, it broke it up, broke up the sentence in a way that didn't quite roll off the tongue very well. It has to be read. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we should go straight into superlatives because... Uh, I'm down. Uh, I don't have anything else to talk about Uh -uh. i'm I'm loving all the background and a lot of that stuff i had no idea about but it just makes so much sense for that show and for those for those creators isn't it yeah it's just like it's such a it's such a curious way to like look at that show and go like yeah i mean it makes sense that it really didn't have any like they didn't try so much as 
they they're exactly. just that funny, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like they're obviously they like they all have like yeah. backgrounds in drama and like acting and stuff, but like like to do what they did, where it's just like here's a mm-hmm. home movie we made. What do you want us to do with it? And they're like, here's four hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is only a third of yeah. what like most TV shows were giving per episode at that point in time. Um, but, but still, like, still just like be like, oh, you made this with no money. Here's four. Here's what. What can you do with yeah. half a million dollars? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is like I can't. I can only imagine how, what they felt at that point in time. They were probably oh, like, man. oh shit, you're serious. All right, I guess mm-hmm. we have to actually do this thing now. <laughs> like. Oh no! It, they were probably like, <laughs> they were probably they probably said like, oh, how, how we can offer you four hundred fifty per episode, and they were like, I mean, yeah, that's great, four hundred fifty dollars is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's double what we worked with. Oh man, oh, <laughs> that's, that's twice you, as much as what we worked with. <laughs> out of curiosity, did you look up at all the filming locations? Uh, oh no, I didn't actually. I I, I was kind of curious because I can't remember. I feel like Rob McElhenney at one point talked about. How they filmed, but I think they filmed it all in LA. Now that I'm like thinking about it, it's not that important, really. I, I know, know it's like, LA over there, but it's, it's yeah. important. It says the show. It says that the exterior is of uh of uh, the Starkman Building on 544 Mateo Street in Los Angeles. The exterior oh, okay. of the pub, and the show is shot in both Philadelphia mm. and Los Angeles. Oh, all right, cool. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, let's just do some superlatives. Uh, so okay. my favorite character was easily. I mean, Charlie. it's hard not to. I it's seriously so hard not to. Like, it's hard not how to be Charlie. He gets and just you know, just like his comedy is just <laughs> I don't know, speaks volumes to us. I feel like it's so perfect. I mean, I also picked Charlie. Yeah, you also. Uh, so we all. But I mean, three also three on too. Also too. Um, um, sorry, I'm just really drawing a blank too. Can we list the characters really quick? Yes, you got Charlie, you got Sweet D, you got Mac. Dennis. Got I love, honestly, Dennis too, and like his like superiority kind of over them and how he thinks he's just so much better than them is also just, I don't know, like, I don't know, it just makes me laugh so hard too, just because he thinks they're all idiots and he's just somehow so yes. much more intelligent. But sometimes he is, but honestly, a lot of the times too, he's just literally like just <laughs> as dumb as all of them. It just makes me laugh too hard. Right. Well, well in the uh, pilot he, episode, he, even more so. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. It's so funny. Um my uh my least favorite character from this episode is Mac. Fair. Um, I didn't actually pick one, but Mac would have been like yeah. Mac is up there for so sure. So Mac Mac is kind of a yeah. dick in this episode. Uh like he just keeps trying he keeps saying the wrong thing and keeps trying to be like, No, no, that's people. not what I, I mean. I mean like I didn't I didn't mean you people. I just yeah. meant like, yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. That's a valid. That's a valid pick there. I mean, so, I yeah. I didn't pick anyone, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although, uh, so my favorite part from this episode is when they go up to they get to like the Domino's tables, and Mac's like, "All right, this, yeah, we'll just make some friends." No, I, I got this. And like the guy he comes over to the guys while they're at the table. And they're laughing about something. He just whacks him on the shoulder and goes, "Absolutely." Yeah, I was like, "What and the fuck is that?" And it just quiets down, perfect, like so quiet, so fast. It really is like, what? How is that you breaking mm-hmm. ice? In what <laughs> fucking way is that ice breaking? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, my favorite part was at the very end of the episode when they were like, so what did you have your actor friends do? And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. I couldn't get them. <laughs> I was like, well, then what, yeah. was, what was Dennis so freaked out about? Oh, and oh, then it just man. ends in the uh, the freeze frame for the credits. Is oh yeah, from the guy like smacking him on the ass. ass. He's like, how's your asshole? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh god. Oh, oh, that fuck. was my favorite part. Brad, Brad I know you, you didn't said watch that this. I know. Uh, honestly, uh, there's you... nothing that I can really remember from the the pilot that I can just come up to mind. That's fair. Not even the part where. Uh, Dennis is dancing and pretending to be gay so that he can get more. Honestly, dance. nope, I can't yeah, remember it. Unfortunately, I'm sorry because like just I, say, just say yes, say yeah. Because all the later part. seasons too just literally make it we'll so much better. Out. Like the first season's great and it gets it all kicked off so well. Truly, it. but like honestly, as it just keeps going, it just gets even funnier and funnier. And I just watch the like later seasons because it just I think it's just so much better. That's fair. That's always fair. I mean, we, we love a show that's that gets better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my my Doing? least favorite part. Do wait, what? Do we? Do we love? I like show it get worse. I want to see a show get better. Honestly, as a fan of the Flash, I mean, it's hard to say that I'm not a fan of a show that gets worse. Um, I have not. Uh, the, I like. I stopped. I couldn't do it anymore. This yeah, the last uh, season. My my least favorite part from this episode is I think at the it's it's not at the very end like you were talking but it's it's right before that when mac is trying to do the talking he's like not like now you're confusing me when you said you know she's your she's not your sister but she is and you guys are related you all you people (laughs) are all people are all related and he's and and he's like no that's not that's not what I mean. <laughs> like, that's just such like, a crude part stop of talking, the episode. Like, please. just shut up. Stop just saying needs words people to like him so God. much that he refuses to stop talking. That's fair. Uh, I picked when Charlie says the full on N word. Yeah, that one was like, that one was a close he, second. One, he didn't even say hard R N word. He said it like all my bros are like like yeah, I have all these bros in the building. The, he, he said, said it with a hard, the hard R. R in like no, which I'm sure when they were writing that they're like, yeah, you have to say it like that because if you try and say it the other way, it'll seem too soft. Like I guarantee, <laughs> when they were like oh, writing fuck. that. They probably thought that. And in my mind, yeah. I'm like, oh, please. Why would you say the full thing? It's no white so, person should say God. the full thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like the only thing, the the only the like things like that just make me think of um, how uncomfortable Leonardo DiCaprio felt saying it in uh, Django. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I think it was. I think he said that Sam Jackson came up to him and just said, just say the damn word. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah. something like that. I'm sure Samuel Jackson was like, yeah. just say it. <laughs> you have but to say like, it. Just say like, it. Just like it's stuff like that. It's like, I can only imagine how uncomfortable anybody yeah. would feel like being in a situation where they're like, I mean, you've got to say it for the, for the comedy of the show. Like, yeah. like you've got to say it for like the intensity of the scene. And it's just like you know, I I can I cannot fathom having to be in that situation because I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to say it. No, not at all. At all. Um, overall, uh, I I will say that I only gave this four out of seven good noodle stars. Oh wow! 
Um, and I think Phone part notes. of it's because the episode is a little bit dated, right? And like, uh, and the the comedy, like like that sort of comedy, has not always been my favorite type of comedy. Um, and fair. it's certainly not a show that I would, you know, turn off, right? Like I would watch it with other people if they suggested it. Um, but it's not like it's not a show I'm going out of my way mm. to go watch. That's fair. You know, uh, so that's why I gave it four out of seven. Mm-hmm. You're right in the middle there. It's not mm-hmm. bad, not at all, and it's funny certainly. Yeah, I gave it five out of seven. Uh, I definitely will watch this anytime someone puts it on. Like if it's if my brother wants to watch it, I'll hundred percent watch it with him. Um, it's not a show I've ever actually put on myself. Out like, but that's not true. I have like a few times, but it's not one I put on that many times myself. The one thing for me is like, I'm just like, what a brave mm-hmm. pilot episode, Seriously. honestly. Like yeah. what? Like I'm sure people watch that and we're just like, I'm sure that it like just to do that for your pilot episode is just like you're you're attacking like yeah. gay people you're attacking <laughs> black people you're atta- like you're just like and you're just doing it so like and you're attacking bar owners and bar owners no but like they just do it in a way that you're like oh, okay like yeah. this is what you're going to get if you watch this show and it's going to be funny and it's going to yeah. be over the top and it's going to probably be too much at some points but like mm-hmm. this is what you're going to get and we hope I you like say, it. And um, I just like that concept. I, I didn't I didn't write them down. I didn't write that this one down, but I did see uh one or two uh reviews that talked about that that were like in like positive reviews for of the show, saying that like this show comes out so strong and tells you exactly what you're gonna get from the first episode mm-hmm. um in a way that's uh sort of um I don't know. I don't know if they use the term. They didn't use the term refreshing, but like you know, like essentially saying that, like in in a way that's refreshing, like basically comparing it to South Park, right? Like it's like we're we're doing this because the absurdity is the comedy, and nobody is safe. Yeah, I just like for me, I was like, you just got to give him props Mm. for fucking doing that. Honestly, yeah, totally, (laughs) full props. Yeah, big ups, big ups. Um, Brad, I know. Maybe not on this episode, but on the show as a whole. Where yeah, I would on a scale. I, on the good I would give it a six, scale. honestly, because for me too. Like the only reason why I don't give it a seven because I love this show. I will literally watch it at any time. But there are just some parts where you're just like, it's just so cringe, and like you can't like you can't handle anymore. Like it's literally yeah. just too much to take in, and like too much. Yes, like exactly. Like literally, like you want to hide in your shirt and hide it's under like, a blanket, and it's still not enough. You can still feel the awkwardness and the tension of being <laughs> yeah, in that you're moment. Like, I can and still so feel that's it. like the only reason why. Yeah. But like the humor just is literally it's just so good. It's literally so good. It's so creative, and I don't know how they do it. That's fair. Uh, you feel well, that? I mean, they just sort of go for it. I think. I think they just. <laughs> they I just think kind of. They probably have a let's yeah. just film everything mentality. Let's just, just walk it, around just with film a camera it, guys. and just go, um, and then we'll cut it together at the end. Uh, I did. I did see um, sort of to, to piggyback off of that. Brad is there's I think five or six episodes somewhere around that number that you cannot watch because they've because uh, they have blackface in there. Yeah. So they've taken yeah. it down from the ability to be seen online. Um, anything else we want to say before I end the recording? 
before you end the recording, um, uh, well, I just want to let people know that. Um, okay, I'm ending uh, it. I'm realizing I forgot to give Louis his eye drops, so I will have to do classic. that. Classic recording. Classic. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Louis is the person that Chloe keeps in her basement. Um, oh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, this has to do with a person in a basement. It has nothing to do with Louis. Right. I've been watching that new show. <laughs> I've been watching that new show with uh, Rob Lowe, Unstable, on Netflix. Oh, honestly, I, I've heard about that. I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's pretty fucking funny. Hmm. But there's something that has to do with a, a person in his in Rob Lowe's basement. So ah, gotcha. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny. I do I do recommend that. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say was that if you haven't watched it yet, the Tetris movie on Apple TV, really. Oh, good. I want to watch that. Good to really know. Good. good to know. If you haven't watched a Blackbird on Apple TV with Karen Egerton as well, is really good. Has oh, nothing to do with that. Tetris, but it it does have to do with Apple TV and Karen. <laughs> also, Brad, just so you know, we're not just talking about this stuff because we don't want to hear what you have to say. We try to do little segue moments in between each show. That's so that people oh, like I forgot know that about we're. That. I thought okay. we were just we're going changing. on tangents. Oh no, I was not. I was trying to do a little segue, <laughs> but we've done enough of it. And we don't need to do it anymore. And if you would like, Brad, you can you can start talking about your show now. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, so feel free to interrupt us. Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. So really quick, like, what do you guys already know about Curb? Oh my God. He's a professional. He knows he what knows to, to do ask. already. We oh love this about Brad. Chills. Chills. So attentive. <laughs> so attentive. Chase, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I'll go first because it's really nothing. <laughs> it's I, like, I just know nothing. Larry David and I've never watched it. Um, and I wrote Seinfeld-esque question yeah. mark in my notes. Um, uh, and so, yeah, and this was before. I always put my what, I always write down my what do I know stuff before I actually watch the episode. Mm. Uh, just so it's it's not uh, biased in any way. So that's what I knew. All right. Or didn't know. Chloe? Nice. Um, so I actually didn't watch, the first thing I watched that had like Larry David playing Larry David essentially was Clear History, okay. the movie. Um, it's an HBO movie. And then from there, like my parents had known, sorry, my nose. Oh God. My parents had known, um, like I'd seen Seinfeld and whatnot. And my parents had watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I never really had. And then when that movie Clear History came out and I was like, oh, this is like, this is really fun. And my dad was like, oh, you should watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. And mm -hmm. so like I did. So I've seen like a fair amount of it, not like an intense amount, because if I'm being completely honest, some of the stuff is very cringe to oh, me. And I'm like, I can only handle so much yeah. Larry David. If I'm being honest, like humans like Larry David, which like there's it's funny to me because like I was listening to an interview with him today about how he's like, I didn't know that we were cringe, mm -hmm. like offensive. Sure. <laughs> but cringe. I just didn't know. And I was like, OK, but like it was just so funny. But uh, yeah, as far as like how much I knew about it, like I did know that he was Larry David playing himself David, yeah. like post Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Um and that's pretty much it that I knew about it prior to that. But yeah, my first introduction to Larry David playing Larry David was basically, which I guess he's not technically Larry David in that movie, Clear History, but either way. <laughs> I guess my first introduction to Larry David being an actor right, was that movie. Right. Ah, and then, yeah, then it spiraled it. into learning about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I feel like the title for the pilot literally speaks volumes to exactly how his mind works and how he just likes to poke holes in social norms and make it sort of sort of quizzical in a way so where it's like just literally like making fun of like 
anything that he can find. Like I was like doing research today and instead of writing scripts for shows for this, all of this is mainly improv. And then he walks around with like a notepad in his pocket and they'll just like go out to dinner or go to the movies or whatever and just start jotting stuff down. And then he'll like make a storyline out of it. Like it's literally absurd what he does. That's amazing. Create an episode. Like it's seriously something that like has no structure whatsoever. They're just like, all right, here we go. Start improving, just start doing stuff and we'll see if we like it. And then if they like something, they're like, okay, let's go a little further into that. Um, but for it's the, very in tune with the creation of Seinfeld. So yeah, exactly. No, no, you're totally fine. It's because that's exactly what they were saying too. So I'll kind of get into that also. But the pilot title is called "The Pants Tent." Um, you can kind of get an idea of what that is kind of implying there too. So mainly, as soon as the episode starts, too, it's literally zooms in right on his crotch with his like pants having a huge flab right around like where his junk is. And it's just like, like, it's just a huge flab. And, you know, it's like, he's like, look at this. And he's just showing his wife. And it's like, I got like five inches of, you know, flap here. Like, what is this? And it just makes it look like he has an erection. (laughs) You can already tell right from there what the show is going to be about. Like, it's literally just going to be about how he just like has this lookalike erection in his pants and how it's just probably going to get him into some sort of trouble later on in the show. Um, And it's a porno. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that might be like, not too bad of a porn title, actually. Yeah, that could be decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was released in October 15th of 2000, and the show is still going strong to this day. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, original network is at HBO, and then if you still want to watch, it's obviously still on HBO. They're still doing it on there. And then I guess you can also buy it on Prime or on Apple TV. Um, but I just nice. really recommend streaming it through HBO because honestly, HBO Prime is it's just HBO's great. HBO. It's just so great. Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you Brad is actually by a... HBO, yeah, I'm, I'm an advertising HBO. for HBO here, and this is we why forgot to I've tell you guys here. this is <laughs> this is actually oh, an, and that brings uh, us it, to today's sponsor, it's, it's, HBO yeah. Max. <laughs> my my initials are in HBO, so I was like, I gotta advertise for them. So this is why I love HBO so much um the, love that. the creator name is obviously larry david he is this is his show this is his bread and butter um literally like you said chase it's like seinfeld 2.0 but post seinfeld and instead of like trying to make it where it's literally just like seinfeld he had to kind of switch it up a little bit too so like i was trying to figure out too like what does he mean by like curb your enthusiasm and like how did he come up with that title do you guys have any idea like how he kind of like came up with it I didn't actually look up how he came up with the title Curb Your Enthusiasm, but in my mind, I feel like everything Larry David does in the show, like is as simple as that scene in the theater where it's like, chill out, lady. Like, I'm not looking at your tits. Mm-hmm. Like, curb your shit. Yeah. Just curb it. Yeah. So I feel mm-hmm. like to me, it's kind of like that. It's like a, everything Larry David is just fed up with people like always going on about or doing or whatever. It's just all the random shit that happens in the world with him. Yeah. Is just being like, calm down. Like, I didn't get an erection for you. All right. Calm exactly. Curb, so that's curb like, it. honestly, you I did. pretty much nailed it. I was going right to say something too. like that. I swear. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chase. I definitely no. I, I was I was definitely I was going to say something exactly like that, honestly, and I was going to put it a little bit more crudely, but uh, oh, now I kind of want to know how you were going to say it. I was yeah, going to say, was gonna say Larry Davis would be like Larry Davis, just like yeah, you know, don't blow your load, you know, just chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, I was like That's looking fair. it up too, and I was listening to like the interview with him too, and it was like you know, like he was just saying like how 
we don't want like it's kind of fucked up but like we don't want to see other people be extremely happy at showing it off right like we kind of like want them to kind of simmer down and like you know kind of be like the rest of us be be miserable as be the humble. rest of us you know so exactly you know so he's just like curb just like curb your enthusiasm a little bit you know just be a little bit more miserable like the rest of us and i was like I that, that is so larry david um um it's an innocent bunch up and larry's trousers causes a misunderstanding with cheryl's friend nancy at the movies he also manages to offend his friend richard lewis's new girlfriend um, which you end up finding out too that Richard Lewis is obviously a comedian too. Um, mm-hmm. It's like one of Larry's best friends, and his girlfriend is the one that he kind of crosses by in front of the movies um, and offends by staring at her tits, and then walks <laughs> over to his wife's friend Cheryl's friend Nancy, and then she's trying to calm him down and rubs his arm, and then she looks down and she sees the trouser tent. And she gets all freaked out by his lookalike erection there. And then it's just literally how the whole show starts to blow up. And Larry David's just doing everything wrong by doing nothing at the same time. It's just hilarious. Literally. Um, so, I mean, the show itself, like, the synopsis of it, like, right, there's no real set, like, structure to it. It's literally just Larry David going around living his life. And you could tell from the immediate start of the episode, of whatever episode it's going to be, something happens where he offends someone or he does something and it just blows up and it somehow ties into other stuff that he's done wrong in the show. And it all ties into the very end where it's just Larry David's a piece of shit and you're the worst person ever. All because he just pokes at these social norms and says, why are we doing this? Like, why are we, why do we do that? Like, why do I need to go out to dinner with you if I don't want to? Like, I don't want to go out to dinner with you. So I'm not going to go out to dinner with you. And yet it just makes everyone else in society react to him just saying, no and fuck off it's just it's just hilarious yeah um so researched about it too right like i didn't do like when he was born or like where he went to college or anything like that all i know straight up is that you know obviously right, he, that's created it, seinfeld and he was the co-creator of seinfeld <laughs> with jerry seinfeld obviously and then he also did stand up before that too but chloe if you do have any like background for like you know his life i do have a little like bit that, yeah. please, yes I can say it real quick. So his uh, full name is Lawrence Gene David. He was born on July 2nd, 1947 in Sheepshead Bay, in the Sheepshead Bay neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York City. His parents are Rose and Mortimer Julius Morty David. What a name. Wow. Um, Love it. A men's clothing factor. who is a men's clothing factor, manufacturer, Jesus. Um, and he is the an older he has an older brother named Ken. Uh, the other thing, the only other thing that's like very, not very that that is important or of importance is um, he went to uh, he got a bachelor of arts in history in uh, nineteen seventy, and um, he before he actually created the show uh Saturday, or I almost said Saturday Night Live, bro, wow. Seinfeld. Um, he did work Lord. on Saturday Night Live, but before he created the show mm-hmm. Seinfeld, he worked as a stand-up comedian, store clerk, limousine driver, and historian, which just is, shows how smart. Like comedians are so incredibly smart, and it's just always yeah. proof whenever you look up that history of like just certain things. Um, mm-hmm. He actually in the eighty in from eighty to eighty two, he worked for a show. He worked as a writer and cast member for the ABC's Fridays, which was an attempt to. Uh, it was a live skit show which was an attempt to 
counter Saturday Night Live, which I think we actually talked about at one point. And then mm-hmm. from 84 to 85, he worked on Saturday Night Live where he met Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Wow. That's crazy. You can also have told me to sh- shut up as if you no. if you have no, that information. I love it. I love all of it, too. I think the limousine driver just like maybe like wow really he was a limousine driver i felt like he like heard and like listened and saw so much and just doing that that just made him think of even more comedy probably yeah i feel like there's a reason he was a limousine driver though and not like a taxi driver yeah like i'm sure he would have lost his fucking mind if he was a taxi cab driver (laughs) just based off a shit that actually annoys him taxi cab driver though yeah right anyway that's that's what i got for just some that's perfect i love it so kind of like how he came up with this idea too, right? Like it's like right around, you know, 2000 or so and Seinfeld's coming to an end. I think Seinfeld ended what around like 99 or 98. Yeah. The world's coming um, to an end. It's the big Y2K yeah. scare. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> after, after that, um, the idea for Curb really just came from a 1999 HBO special called Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which he then made into a mockumentary about David doing a TV show for HBO and returning to stand-up comedy. And so when he was trying to th- think of this idea of like just kind of returning to stand-up, he was thinking like just having a camera follow him around and like going to- with him to the grocery store and just do all this stuff. And he thought, that's like super boring. Like I need to make this like more intuitive and fun and creative. And so then he just kind of went with it and then just kind of did more about his life and, you know, all these famous people that he knows and just kind of did his more day-to-day life with it. Um, so that's kind of just like a little, little backstory to it, but Chloe, do you have anything to add with that? No, I mean, I think you actually watched the same interview I watched just based off of how you kind of worded that and how he talked about the creation of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I don't, I actually don't have anything to add on that. That, that Kirby enthusiasm special did come out on October 17th of 1999. Um, and then I don't actually know when the show Kirby enthusiasm got picked up, but like you said, its first episode aired in October of 2000. So, yeah, obviously, because the the special was through HBO, I imagine that it was pretty quick that they were like, "Wow, this is a success. Let's fucking do it." Yeah, yeah. I also. And it don't seems have like too from to all the. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chase, you didn't do any research on this show, so fuck off. Kindly, that is. <laughs> I could I also couldn't find any obstacles that he had in like starting this show up, right? Yeah. Other than like in the beginning where he just like thought like, you know, them just following me around is gonna suck and be super boring and I didn't want that. But like as soon as he got the idea of like just his life kind of and more, you know, sort of like poking holes at social structures and everything, um after that I felt like it just flowed so smoothly for him too, because like trying to cast everyone too, like he was in charge of casting and, you know, he hit up uh, Jeff mm-hmm. and Jeff is his manager in the show. I for, What's his last name in real life? though? Garland. Garland. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he was like so ready to be a part of the show. Um, Richard Lewis, like they were friends. They knew each other. Him and Richard Lewis knew each other actually back in camp when they were 12 and 13 years old. Oh, wow. And then later on in life. Yeah. Later on in life, they ended up finding out like meeting and they were like, Oh, I remember you. You were like that piece of shit from camp. They hated each other back then. Literally, they said like they hated each other. Like, oh, there were two pieces so of shit that hated like that. each other. 
It's so. Oh yeah. Who? No, my Me. buddy Kendall right. and I. Right no, no, no. My buddy oh. Kendall and I when we. <laughs> I first, thought you were talking about Chase too. <laughs> oh no, no. I actually have a friend like that. Me and my buddy Kendall when we first played hockey together, we fucking hated each other, and then she went mm-hmm. off and did her own thing for like two or three years, and then came back, and we like became best friends. Wow. Literally. Yeah. yeah. But literally, it wasn't until like they were adults and they like reconnected, and they were like, "Oh, I remember you from camp," and then they were like, "Oh my god, yeah, I used to hate you," and then they just like grew this great relationship together. <laughs> and you know he like asked richard to be a part of the show too um i will say in Jeff's one wife oh sorry yeah go ahead all no, i was gonna fine. say go is ahead. as far as like a uh um obstacle the one thing i will say is i in the inter- one interview i watched with uh larry david it sounded like jeff garland was kind of the one that pushed him into actually really doing this thing because he was like mm-hmm. after sign which i find so interesting because after seinfeld he was like, oh, yeah, I'll just go back into stand-up comedy and just see what happens. And then that yeah. was Jeff being like, you should film that. And then yeah. he was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So it's like mm, that. I was, actually remember hearing that, too. Yeah, so I found that really interesting that he was like, the fact that he had this crazy successful sitcom show and then was like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to create another show. I'm going to go back into stand-up like a fucking yeah. psychopath. <laughs> like that sounds where everyone terrible. else is trying to nail that too and it just seems like that's just already competitive as it is yeah and it's like also he's not got his that... own little niche in comedy and i feel like it's also just not that lucrative like ugh. anyway yeah. that that's the only thing like in regards of like maybe a, a little yeah bit of a he's like didn't want to do another show it seemed like and then enough yeah jeff pushed him enough and hbo was like hey blah blah so mm-hmm Anyway, you like for casting too. Yeah, for casting when they were like trying to figure out like who to like bring on. Like I feel like they were like Larry just brought on so many people. And the only one that they were trying to figure out if like if they wanted to like cast was like the role of like Larry's wife. And so Cheryl Hines, or, um, like just did the role or whatever, and she like tried out or whatever, and she like she went up and Larry just literally told her like, all you need to know is it's dinner. I don't like chicken. Go. <laughs> and he was like she was just like okay all right and then just literally improv it and just said all right what are we having for dinner he was like she was like chicken and he was like what and then like they just like played off of each other so well that's like, amazing he immediately knew, like this is gonna work out so well this is gonna be perfect for us so like <laughs> she immediately pretty much got the part um my favorite character in the whole show is jeff's wife Susie. <laughs> Susie s-man is the uh actress um, she plays Susie Green, which is Jeff Green's wife, which is his manager. Um, and she got the part, too, by, like, her and Larry David knew each other way back. I think she's a comedian, too. Yep. And then she moved out to L.A., and he was in New York, or it's vice versa. And he just had the show idea, and he hit her up and was like, hey, I got a perfect role for you. Like, you're going to love it. And she was like, what is it? And she, he was like, don't worry about it. You're going to love it. Okay, just do it. <laughs> she was like, the well, most like, terrifying like words. No, she was like, do you have like a script or anything? She's like, you're going to love it. Okay, just do it. And he, she was like, well, I guess I'm doing it. So she just literally hopped in like with like, I just jumped in. And so she just like, she nails the role too because she's just such an angry, she's so comfortable with her anger in the show that it's like so comforting to like watch too at the same time. She just lets it all leash and she just like, not in the beginning episode in the pilot, but throughout she just calls her husband a fat fuck all the time. (laughs) And it's just like, it makes you melt and die in your chair because it's so funny and so mean at the same time. (laughs) Um, But she's just so great. Cause honestly, like I was also looking at interviews with her too. And so many people just come up to her in like the middle of the street and they're like, 
can you just yell at me, please? I love you and Curb Your Enthusiasm, but can you please just yell at me? Oh. And she's like, I can't do that. Like, for, like, liability and legal reasons and all that stuff. Just do it in a TV show. That's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I feel like the – everything just flew together for Larry David and the show to just kind of kickstart. Um, mm-hmm. But do you have anything that else to kind of piggyback off of Chloe or Chase? Not really. The only thing I'll say – kind of is just because he had the successful sitcom you wouldn't expect him to have an issue creating something like this right like seinfeld was very popular so it's just like oh yeah you wouldn't like when you have something like that as a creator like it's it's pretty it's it's a lot easier to get another show approved pretty like Mm -hmm. pretty quickly honestly yeah but yeah, that's all I got, Chase. Yeah, Chase? I mean, I was I was probably going to say the same thing. Was just like you rarely see somebody with such a a large amount of success, especially so recently, right? It's like who who is going to turn down Larry David at that point in time? Yeah, right. It's like you just made one of the more successful television shows in the history of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you know what? If you're willing to put a show on my TV and yet, and people are gonna like, that's gonna bring me viewers. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame uh, HBO. I will say that. Yeah, I. How could you? I guess I just truly didn't um, realize the show was still on. Yeah, me neither. I, yeah, I, no, I, no I honestly, no like, I, I can't. I don't know if I've seen their most recent one, but honestly, like their most recent season that I've seen was literally phenomenal like i loved every second of it it was funny the whole concept of the last season was literally like larry david creating like he got like bad service and he didn't like it and honestly he wanted to just literally get that coffee shop out of business so he created a spite store where he literally created a coffee shop to run that coffee shop out of business (laughs) and it's just fucking hilarious that he did it just for that reason and it's so funny too because now he's like trying to create a coffee shop and he wants to and put his little own ideas and quirks in it where it's like all of a sudden now like in his coffee shop no one can drop a number two in there so there's only <laughs> urinals in there and then there's like a certain way where like girls have to go to the bathroom in there too and it's really just oh it makes you like your mind is so blown and it's just so That's good though hilarious actually that's fucking amazing um but anyways, kind of back to like what we we're also still talking about too. Like for TV shows, right? Like Seinfeld and like was just now over, so I feel like there's like this hole in comedy that like needed to be filled somehow, some way by any network. Because during that time too, right? Like I think that's also when CSI just kind of came out. That's also when I think Gilmore Girls or something like that also mm, came yeah. out. Um, there's no like real straight comedy shows. Friends would be that like the only one that, that would. Have... Friends is still on. Yeah, exactly. Friends would be the only one. But, like, but that's that's that was a different network altogether kinda... and just a totally different. There's nothing filling that Seinfeld exactly. comedic vibe. Friends and Seinfeld are not the, even exactly. remotely the same humor to me in any way, shape, or form. So like, yeah, right, and, yeah. And this one too, like for Curb, like it's not like a, your half hour of fun and comedy. Like it's forty to forty five minutes. Like it literally is not like a sitcom. It's a full on, just straight comedy show of just straight entertainment. And so, I mean, it's just so mm-hmm. good. Um, but um, also too, like that's all I really have for like what other TV shows were like. They just had this hole to kind of fill in there. Um, you guys have anything to kind of add to for shows around that time 
Uh, I, I was actually going to ask if Chloe had looked up that as well. I, cause I, I did I, not. Sorry. I always forget to do that for my shows. It's, I it's something don't that, to do that but. I normally do not look up, but uh, I will say that um, I would not have expect. I'd totally forgotten about like, while you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, there wasn't any other comedy shows. And then you said friends. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you well, said Malcolm Gilmore Girls. I was like, oh, yeah. And then you said Malcolm in the Middle. I'm like, oh, yeah. I would <laughs> Gilmore Girls to me is less comedy, honestly. Less comedy, but it still an, had, like, it's dramedy, you know. But it was an hour-long thing, too, right? Like, True. there was nothing filling that 30-minute vibe. Fair. But, I mean, Malcolm in the Middle came out that year yeah. as well. Uh... That's it. That's a different thing. That's it. Oh, waking the dead. I read. <laughs> I read this as. I read waking the dead as walking dead. <laughs> uh, not. I don't even know what the fuck that show. I think it's walking, walking the, the dead. dead. Um, like a dog. Even Stevens came out that year. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. there's not a whole. There's not a whole lot. Not a whole like lot in its realm of comedy. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jack so came out this year, um, guys. What? What? Two thousand. Nice. <laughs> what a. What interesting facts did you guys find? Well, I didn't look up any about your show, so yeah, all of uh, your I facts mean... were interesting to me. <laughs> I didn't particularly look up any interesting facts. I'm trying to think if anything from the interviews I listened to today had anything overly interesting in it, but like off the top of my head, and I'm not, I can't remember any, honestly. Yeah, I honestly, so like from like the documentary thing about the show, um, one was kind of funny where it was like they just do like little segments too of like where it's like about outfits and um then there's like one that they got to where it was like apologizing and so much of the show because larry david is just messing up and doing so many things that other people don't like he's just saying sorry like 80 times every Mm -hmm. single episode (laughs) and so someone literally came up to him and joked about it and was like you should have just named the show sorry (laughs) Or, you know, sorry, David, or something like that. And it's like, wow, that actually been kind of funny. And like, you know, not too bad of a title, actually, because it literally fits in exactly of how he says every single time. He's like apologizing just nonstop yeah. throughout the show. I mean, it's also so funny because you said it earlier, but like, he doesn't even do anything. Like, really? Like, he really doesn't exactly. do that bad of things, but people just overreact to his shit. Yeah. And so even like relating to like this pilot episode too, right? Like there's like a part in it where he is at Jeff's house and he's just, you know, apologizing for something he accidentally said that he didn't think other people were going to hear or whatever. But then Jeff's wife comes down, Susie, and says, you guys all need to come up here and see like their kid is like asleep with their dog and it's like the cutest (laughs) thing ever. And Larry David just says, I don't yeah. want to go up there, <laughs> <laughs> and, and everyone freaks out. There should be over nothing it. wrong like, with that. Like it's like Jeff I'm just, I just don't want to, bro. Like, there's nothing wrong with me not wanting to come see your exactly. fucking kid. I've got shit to do. Yeah, and it's just so funny, and like everyone overreacts to it, and he gets in so much trouble over it, and it's just awkward and it's yeah. hilarious. I mean, with that, do you have anything else to add, Brad, or do you want to do some superlatives? I'm ready. I'm ready for, for some superlatives. You, you go first because it is your show. Who was your favorite character? Oh, well, I mean, so for the episode, I mean, it's hard not to just love Larry David because he literally does just like poke at these things that should not be wrong or any sort of way or, you know, get sort of backlash for it. Um, Because like, 
like literally like in straight from the getaway right like his pants are the ones like having this like you know tense looking thing where he has an erection it's not his fault it's just the yeah. way the pants are and yet somehow some way it in the show <laughs> he like gets in trouble for it and it becomes a thing yeah where it's like you have an erection because i touched your arm and it's just like i can't you can't feel mm. bad for the guy so your favorite Honestly, character like, is the pants he, he didn't do anything <laughs> See. It's the pants, obviously. I love Big the fan. pants. I love that, the pants. you know, it gives off that false. <laughs> I will say for me personally, um, I picked Jeff just because I think Jeff is the perfect, like, cooler to Larry's kind of a little bit of overzealousness when he gets, like, upset about something. Yeah. Whereas Jeff is just like, right. dude, it's fine. Like, it's it's cool. Just like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I just I like Jeff in that way where he's just like like where he's like can you just apologize to my parents it's and fine. then he's like yeah I'm not going up to see the baby he's like yeah. yeah no I get that you're good go so it's like he understands Larry yeah. but he's also <laughs> exactly. like just apologize it's gonna be a whole fucking thing if you don't just do yeah. it and then he yeah. does it and then he's just like yeah, yeah it's just so funny oh uh, my favorite character was also Larry but unlike oh nice Sorry. yeah like how could you not like it's, it's so hard not to pick Larry just, you feel bad for the guy. Sometimes I feel bad, but other times I'm like, bro, did you have to get in it? Like, so, like sometimes you're like, bro, you actually you did kind of do that to yourself because you, you made yeah. it a big deal when it wasn't a, like it didn't seem like when he gets in the argument with her, the chick at the, uh, movie theater, and you're like, okay, she is be she's being yeah. over excessive, but it's like he'll also match yeah. that energy, right? And that matching <laughs> exactly. that energy is exactly. what gets him in trouble. Same thing with the trying exactly. to explain his bond to exactly um, Nancy. Yeah, and it's yeah. totally fair. There's no reason he shouldn't um, match the energy, but you're just so used to the people that are just like whatever, just and move on, right? Pass it off. Just get through this moment. I just want to get He's through like, it. Oh, I fuck this! I, I will die in this, this moment like, if I have yeah. to. Yeah, I will die on this hill. But it, but Larry David lives for that shit, and like that's why he just continues to go after it. Like even when it's like she rolls her eyes, he has to attack it because that's what he fucking is there for, and he lives for that. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. Um, but honestly, too, like, not just for this pilot, because you didn't actually get to see it, but, like, on a normal, every single day kind of thing, like, for the episode and for the show, like, Susie is my favorite. Like, I kind of mentioned it earlier, just because of her anger and, like, how comfortable she mm -hmm. is with it and, like, what she says to, like, what she says to Larry and Jeff every single time. Like, the words and the way she says it and the way she, like, is able to come up with these insults is literally just <laughs> mind-boggling. And just so funny. Like, I could never come up with that. And it's just so creative and horrifying that she says it out loud, though. But it makes me laugh and die at the same time. So amazing. I can't. I like, that. I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched that much, much of the show. So I feel like I haven't really experienced that yet. But this makes me kind of want to watch it. You don't get a ton of her in that first episode. More about her. You really, you really don't. And honestly, when you get later on in the show, too, like JB Smooth, the other, the comedian, <laughs> you know, ends up living with Larry David. And when he gets into the show, too, they get into more racial comedy and, you know, poke holes into stuff like that. And honestly, like him and Larry David feed off of each other so well that J.B. Smoove is like also one of my favorites when he finally gets into the show, too, because their their humor together is just unmatched. Awesome. I do love J.B. Smoove. Um, for, for least favorite character for this episode, I'm going to definitely have to go with Richard Lewis. Um, and honestly, probably for the whole show, I really am not a big fan of his just because I feel like he doesn't, I don't know, like his arguments are like kind of sucky and shitty. And I feel like when he's trying to say like, to, like in this episode too, he's really just like saying like, 
I might have been in love with this girl and you literally just ruined it for me is like are you freaking kidding me like you literally just met this girl and you like her because what she has like fake boobs like, already had intercourse and after six months <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I just like I don't know I feel like he comes off stupid and he just like sometimes what he thinks is just the complete opposite of what I think and it just it doesn't match with what I not usually agree with not a match that's fair. My least favorite character was uh, Jeff's parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were jerks. They were jerks. Much outside of this, I, I didn't no, know. No, I didn't it. know, that's but like I was just like, I can't like get over how weren't. bitchy they were. I didn't pick. I would have picked them. I didn't pick them. I did pick Larry's wife actually, just because I was like, the some of the shit she does. I'm like, you know him. Like, what? Why are you trying? Yeah. Why are you initiating <laughs> stupid shit that you know will get him in trouble? Like, well, fuck. The, and the yeah, the part true. at the the part when she's like hearing Nancy's side of the story when he's when she's like, wait, wait, you were touching yeah. his arm. It's like. <laughs> Well, you already know I didn't get an erection. Well, you already know the story about the pants. Why are you all are of a sudden switching sides? Where's the yeah. where? How are you the one it switching sides? It wasn't a sides? fucking erection. <laughs> like you already know the situation. <laughs> You're aware of everything that's happened. Jesus. Oh my god. So funny. yeah. So it's just like her like side of that where it's just like why would I, I just I also just find it so weird that like you just in general would invite your friend to go to a movie with your husband. Yeah, that's so fucking weird to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, why would you? Why would you? Like, not weird. not even if you're like, who cares about concern about cheating? Right? That's not weird. But it's just like, if you know that he probably doesn't get along with her that well, and that he's only quote unquote friends with her because, she, like, she's friends with her. What? Just fucking yeah. why? Why would you do <laughs> Where that? Where do you think this is gonna go? Mm-hmm. What yeah. did you think was gonna happen? You're married to Larry David, the writer of Seinfeld, and you didn't see this coming? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But yeah. So what was your favorite part in this episode? Uh, I'll let you guys go first. All right. I'm on it. My favorite part was the end when Kathy Griffin actually shows up and then actually wants to <laughs> talk good. about a pilot or talk about doing a show. And it just leans into what is now the meme of just like, you know, the bump, bump. Just like zooming in on his face, I just, just like well, fuck me, I guess. It's like a fucking clown. It's literally just like clown. It's like fucking total clown music, vaudevillian clown music, and you're just like, oh, this is the theme song to this fucking show. Let's go, <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, oh, so funny. Honestly, as much as as right, much bro. as it was one of my least favorite parts, it was also one of my favorite parts when. <laughs> When Jeff's parents are actually mad at him for not going up to see the kid to the point where they (laughs) they won't talk to him. And you're like, Jesus, like, what is wrong with these people? And I'm just like, in my mind, I was like, there's I've just never encountered people like that. And I was just like, I just love that. Like, Mm -hmm. Larry can't do anything right. He has to apologize for something that is really not that necessary to apologize for. And then he has to apologize again for just existing and being like, I don't want to see the fucking kid. Why don't what's wrong? with that for yeah. having I'm something just, better to do with his day well, it's not even that. It's like, it's just like i don't want to go up like I, the only reason i'm fucking here is because i have to apologize to these fucking yeah, parents like i'm not that. going up <laughs> i know yeah. but it's just like come on i i i completely agree chloe like that is my favorite part like just him going straight up to jeff and just be like 
I'm not fucking going up there. Like, I don't need to see this kid right now. Like, I don't. It's just like, it's so true. Like, why does he have to go up there and see the kid? Who, who fucking the cares? Fuck gives because they're cuddled with a dog or whatever the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah because the cares? wife is like, like it's, it's also 2000. There's fucking cameras on phones. Like, you just take, take a, a fucking photo. picture yeah. of it. Exactly. There's phones yeah. in cars, for God's sakes. Send yeah. an email. Yeah. Like, I also did love, like, the concept that Larry was on Voice, like, when he was just so pissed that he was on, uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, uh, fucking speaker. Speakerphone. Yeah, the like the speakerphone. Yeah. And he's just like, "Get me off! What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I did. You never should have heard that in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. oh man. Honestly, yeah. No, and honestly, the thing too that car phones existed like that is like it was so brief. crazy to even think mm-hmm. about too. Like, it was such a crap. brief period yeah, of time where really car was. phones were cool. <laughs> yeah, because like right, cell phones started to you know, get smaller and actually be usable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, least favorite least part? Least favorite? Um, I mean, probably that part too with the car phone too. And like, cause like, obviously it's saying in such a comical way, but it is like fucked up too. But like how Larry David just says, you know, like, you know, I gotta get, make sure I get approval from Hitler first. It's like, it's funny. But then like the way there's like, it all transpires to, it's like, geez, like, it's just so overreacted and just so, again, just so cringe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so hard to just, my God, like, I have to hide in my shirt, like, <laughs> at least three times every episode. But, like, I I can't, can't help but not watch at the same time. Yeah, I think my favorite least, I think my least favorite part was the uh, the parents getting mad at Larry's apology. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. while he's trying to apologize and they're like, you really are a bad person. They're like, you, he's like, you. Don't even yeah. know me. You need to get it together. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like one of those, like, I know I'm a bad person, but you don't know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you really need to get your life together. It's like, who do you to tell, tell him that? <laughs> My least favorite part goes back to the wife and the fact that she can't just let the boner thing go. And she actually brings her friend to the house <laughs> to talk to him about oh, it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Why? Why can't you be a normal woman and just be like, yeah, you know, Larry didn't have a boner there, right? Like, just t- you talk to her. Like, he doesn't yeah. need to talk to her. Yeah. Like, come on. So I just, I'm just like, you're totally just you're bringing it all up again. Like, why? You knew he didn't have a boner, so why does it matter? He wouldn't have told <laughs> you if he th- if like he had the boner. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too, that they're talking about, like, the physical traits of the pants during right. that time, too, right? They're saying, like, that was way more flab. There was definitely too <laughs> hard under there. Dick, and it's like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Your dick was in there, Larry. She's like, I was also just like, when so, she was rubbing so his arm, I'm like, why are you, like, being so sensual with the way you're rubbing his arm oh. over him yelling at a woman? Like, what? Mm. Like, why are we having this yeah. interaction in the first place? Like, I fucking blame the friend <laughs> in the first place for being overly touchy. Yeah, but yeah, I just also I'm like, why? Why are you bringing her back? Why are we bringing all this back oh, up yeah. just to like Another you know it's moment. not going to go well? You know, Larry, like, come on. But that's just the whole show. Back to the it's cringe. Just, everything that he does just comes back comes back to the cringe, and everyone has to bring yeah. it back up. Oh, what would you give for good noodle stars? Do you want to go uh, first, Chase? Or you want me? I gave it five. I thought that was really well done. I, I mean, like. Like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it before. I, I don't think I'd seen an episode before, just you know the memes here and there. But um, like I, I thought it was very funny. I, I came very close to spending the next hour because I finished watching it like at uh, probably eight thirty. So I spent, I came close to spending the next hour watching the next episode. 
Nice. I also Solid. gave it five. It. I enjoyed it. I, I my thing for it most it was hard to not give it four for me purely from the standpoint of like cringe moments are really hard for me to like watch to the extent of like I don't know if the comedy is worth the cringe sometimes and it's why I've like never really fully gotten into the office but I also know that like I've mm-hmm. I've seen like enough of the show where I'm like not in like full order but like I've seen episodes here and there in like a bulk amount that I'm like I just I know it's funny I know I enjoy it I just don't know that I could actually like if someone put it on I'll watch it 100% I don't know that I'll yeah. personally put it on myself Honestly, that's exactly how I started with the show, too. Like, I'm like, I can't do it myself. Like, if it's in the background, I'll come and watch it. But, like, I can't. Like, it's like putting yourself in that cringe position. Like, why are you voluntarily putting yourself into this position to just be uncomfortable? Like, no one wants that. But, honestly, as soon as you get past it, kind of, and you start just, like, listening Mm -hmm. to the humor and how it just develops, it's just, like, it gets so Well, it's so funny to me just because of that interview with Larry where he's like, I didn't even know we were cringe. Like, offensive, sure, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. that people, like, cringed at, like, because of the awkwardness of situations. And I'm like, how can you not know Mm -hmm. that? And that just, like, speaks to the fact that he's like, because it's a social norm thing. And it's just something he's like, I don't fucking care. So he doesn't cringe, but, like, for other people that are like, oh, my God, just avoid the situation and get out. And he's like, fuck that shit. Yeah, I was listening to like the interview with Ted Danson too because he's also mm-hmm. part of the show. And Ted Danson's like, I will never, ever share anything personal with Larry David because it'll be a part <laughs> of the show. And I was like, Yeah, that sounds about right. That yeah, that's that's on that's like, on point. I feel like all the, all the relationships he has with all these like celebrities are just like they're just like how he talks to them in the show is just how he talks to them in real life like it's nothing you know yeah different. he's larry david larry david he's literally playing him fucking exactly. self he he is mm-hmm. larry fucking so it's david. like if you expect it to this is a character no it's larry david acting as larry david and saying the shit that he mm-hmm. would as larry david i was laughing too because like it is like it's a straight like improv show pretty much like yes they have like some sort of structure to it in a way but they literally just start like going and just seeing what works and going from there. And I was like listening to them and they said they take, they do like, like literally like hundreds of takes, like for every single team it feels like, because like they're just literally like going and going and then people laugh, people start, you know, breaking character because it's so funny. People cry. And then they just like, and then sometimes they're just, they just, (laughs) they can't help it. Like, it's just so funny. Like how this show like takes, I wonder how long it takes for them to make an episode. Full week. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not a whole lot of seasons out for how long the show has actually been running. There's 11 seasons and it's been out for 20 years, 23 years. Yeah. So similar kind of to like, uh, whatchamacallit. No, you're good. I was just gonna say it's similar to It's Always Sunny with the fact that it's been running for forever, but they don't have as many seasons as they do years. It's random. Yeah. I mean, they've got 15 seasons been mm-hmm. running since 05, and the last season ended in 21. So they're a little, they're actually a little better. So that one's more on time. Yeah. Interesting. With though. just like the 2020 season probably being the only yeah. one that was delayed. Mm-hmm. And now this one. I feel like I heard this too in this, uh, in this interview, and it was also like <laughs> they were like doing their production and everything, and it just runs super late because they're again, they're doing so many takes. They're trying to figure out too, like they've got so much footage and everything. They're trying to figure out how to condense this into a half an hour. And so they're really just like trying to analyze, like, man, do we really want to take this out? Do we not want to? And so they're in there and they're in there till like 9 p.m., and then the janitor will come by 
And then he starts peeking at it and just like looking at it as he's doing stuff. And he starts laughing. And then Larry David like looks back and he's like, all right, I guess we got to keep that. That's pretty good. So it's just like he gets feedback from all these random miscellaneous people just actually doing nothing. And he's just like, okay, well, that's funny. I guess we got to keep that. That is funny. I love yeah. that. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about just like as we've been going through uh, like Curb and like having researched Always Sunny is – that they're so funny in what feels like very opposite ways to me. Uh, and that, mm-hmm. that is that like always sunny is funny because it takes the things that are absurd and sort of makes them feel like this is just everyday life for these people. Whereas a uh, curb your enthusiasm mm-hmm. takes anything that's like mundane and makes it absurd. It's like, makes it feel yeah. like, like, like people making, scenes about things that shouldn't even matter that's a really good point and so it's like it's it's it certainly is a a sort of uh a a mirror of um they're they're mirrors of each other in that way where where it's just like yeah we've got this we've got this group of people and they're you know they're opening up a gay bar and it's just everyday life for them (laughs) and then you've got like larry david Mm -hmm. who's trying to get down his aisle at the movie theater and all of a sudden he's got a boner food on hard on for his wife's friend and it's like what the fuck just happened here mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so no, it's it's true. it's just so funny that like how like and again i i think we we always do mention this but it it's, it's always so interesting to me when when those things come up because we we put a little bit of thought into doing certain shows together but we don't Emphasis put a on ton the little... of thought into it you know, it's like when these yeah. things sort of work out, and like when you find a, uh, when you yeah. find a a, a, co- a like critics comment like like I saw that literally compared Always Sunny to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that it's was like cool. like like wow, that's actually so fun that like we sort of chose the right shows to go together. Unknowingly, right. fully unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can I can I come clean about why I thought to do these two shows together though. Oh shit! Um, it was it was in somebody's bio on a on a dating app that I was on, where somebody <laughs> said their two favorite shows were Always Sunny and Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I was like, oh, that would be fun to do with Curb Your Enthusiasm because we were trying to figure out what to do with it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there so you go. It is, Makes so sense why that's how, they're, that's they're how we came up with it. Yeah. So are you so dating they, her still or what? I don't, I don't think I even match with her. I just <laughs> remember seeing it in the bio. And then like, I don't even know if I swiped left or right on that person. So <laughs> there you go. There you have it. There you go. I mean, any other any other tidbits we want to talk about in comparison of the shows or anything? I mean, there's a ton of tidbits I want to talk about. Outro? They have nothing to do with these shows. Okay. Yeah, that's not. I said on <laughs> these two shows. I specified that. I have no? so much to talk about. I'm I'm good, honestly. Just like seriously, watching that little documentary on like the show is just like so informative and like just cool to see an inside scoop on like what they do. Yeah, and how they I mean, it is incredibly it. interesting, and it's not surprising that it is mostly improv, honestly. So, just based mm-hmm. off of the conversations, it's like, oh, this is very organic. So I see it. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, guys, thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate every one of you for taking the time to do so. If you don't currently, be sure to follow us on your podcasting platform of choice, as well as on Instagram, at Back to the Pilot, so you know when a new episode gets released. And while you're here, leave a review and let us know how we're doing. On our next episode, we wrap up this season with a special season finale, so we hope you had a fantastic time listening, and we'll see you next time when we take you Back to the Pilot. So long, everyone. Boom. Nailed it. Nailed it. How how how'd you enjoy doing this, Brad? This was uh, actually a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be so much homework and stuff, and I was like, didn't think I was going to enjoy that part. Uh, yeah, but after like, fair. I like what like I listened to that documentary thing as I was driving and doing errands today, and I was just like, like nice. Oh, I love I love Curb. I haven't been watching Curb in a while, and I was like, man, this like it really makes me want to like watch more Curb enthusiasm actually right now because I have no That's idea what to watch. Nice. So. That's an underrated part of doing this podcast, I think, is like coming back to shows that we've watched before and going, I forgot how much I liked this show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've done that a lot with both me and Chloe. Uh, At least I think. I can't exactly. It's also why we try to like make sure our guest wants to do like we would never like me and Chase like to do this show because we like to just do like what, right? Like we just, yeah, we both have that sort of point. And there's definitely shows where, like, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this pilot episode. It's unbearably long yeah. or whatever. But it is still super interesting to find out stuff and how many things actually overlap in the entertainment industry as yeah. well. But, like, especially with a show you like, like Kirby Enthusiasm, and if you, like, clearly, it's also helpful, right, that the creator is also the main character. I know, so you're, yeah. gar- you're pretty much guaranteed to know you're going to like yeah. what you find out about him. Or not, I guess, maybe. It could go yeah. horribly mm-hmm. wrong, I, I guess. It could go but really it, bad In this for case, you, it guess, did but... not. So, but yeah, it's like, it's it's good that, like, you did enjoy. And it's yeah. also nice because with someone like Larry David, he does have so many interviews with him, whereas, like, we've definitely had creators where there's fuck all about that. Yeah, but, you know, I just realized, too, is, like, both of our shows today, like, both of the creators were, are, like, in the show. It's like, true. It's like, in they're fact, both all revolved, three all of, of the creators... Exactly are in that show as well yeah yeah and still in that show yep exactly you do love to see it 